Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Have you checked the children? children. I want to play a game. The box. You opened it. We came. This is the All America Speed Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Will hey. and the Professor Smoke. Up. Donnie, once again, just like last week, could not be with us this week. He's got some uh, you know, some personal stuff going on, so uh, we wish him the be- him and his family the best, and uh, hopefully he'll be back on next week. But he, I hate that he hasn't missed a good one, because uh, this is the one, Will, that you've been wanting to watch for a while, and it finally, finally came to a point where we could uh, pull it out and watch it. So what are we going to be watching today? Uh, today is going to be uh, Shaun of the Dead. Great kind of parody of all uh, uh, zombie flicks, but I mean, just a true love letter to uh, uh, George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And of course, we're all huge fans of Romero and the uh, you know zombie flicks and of the dead. I mean, we've done Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead uh, just in the last you know calendar year. Um, I'm sure we'll be getting to more of his stuff, but yeah, I mean, like. We're, we're just like these guys, you know, Edgar Wright and the rest of these guys that made this movie. Uh, we're huge fans of, of Romero. So this is definitely, definitely a love letter to that, if nothing else. Um, and not only, and this is one of those movies too, where not only it fits our horror criteria, right. You know, that we do every two weeks, we do a horror movie, but I'd say this one even fits like, say if we, if this were a cult corner, this would fit. Cause this is, this does have kind of that cult feel to it. Right. Smoke. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's got, you know, humor mixed in with the horror. And with, uh, I mean, sci-fi, all kinds of genres sort of mixed up. But yeah, primarily, like I said, it's a love letter to Romero's zombie films. Before we dive in, I'll go ahead and toss to the some of the usual information we throw out. If you want to contact us, you can do that at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. But we also encourage you to go check out our new website, aaspookshow.com. That's the center of the Spook Show universe where you can uh, go for, to our YouTube page from there where you get to see the latest edition of Grindhouse Gutter, Hammer Horror in Order, Spook Show Rewinds. Those come out every month over on our YouTube channel. Uh, we encourage you to go over to Patreon. You can go, do that from the website. Also, patreon.com slash show. Either way, you'll get there. Become a patron, and you get to hear uh, every month Crapster, new Crapster Piece Theater. You get uh, a video uh, mini-sodes every month that, that uh, focus on the library, the professor. Lots of cool stuff that we have going on on our Patreon, so we encourage you to do that. Also, on aaspookshow.com, you can go to our Tee Public shop, get our latest logoed merchandise and all that cool stuff. Uh, of course, our archives of the podcast are, live there as well. So it, it really is a one-stop shop for everything to do with the Spook Show universe. So we encourage you to go to aaspookshow.com. So uh, without any further buildup, so we can just go ahead and dive right in. We'll go ahead and toss to the trailer. Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? 
Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful mom. <laughs> oh, have you ever felt that you're turning into... Something in the world. A zombie. Maybe you're not alone. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. It is vital that you stay in your homes. Avoid all physical contact with the assailants. So, what's the plan? Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got a girl Lizzie? Because I love her. All right, gay. All right, there we go. That's the trailer for that. So uh, obviously, I'm. Uh, it's not. I mean, we probably don't need to go around the table. This is not the first time we've all watched this, right? We've all seen this well before this. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Smoke. Do you remember back, like at the time? Did you did you really enjoy this, like the first time around that you watched it back in '04 or so? Oh, uh, absolutely. But I don't think did it. I don't remember it playing in theaters though, or if it did, it was limited. I know I didn't see it in the theater, and I know I would have if I'd known it was playing in any theaters. Right? Yeah, I was in Charlotte at that time, so I was still there. You know, with y'all. I can't tell you exactly how long it played here in the United States in the theaters, but it did play in the theaters. Well, looking at this, best I can tell, probably let's see, two, four, six, eight. 10, 11, 11 weeks. So basically it got released here in the U S the weekend of September 24th through the 26th of 2004. And it didn't like disappear, uh, from the box office at least until, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I can say for myself, I actually, uh, uh, saw this in Charlotte in the theater. Ah. Yep. Will, you and I probably saw it together, right? I mean, I don't recall for sure, but we probably did. No, I, I remember seeing this and, and it wasn't uh, us doing like a group thing. I was meeting a girl that I was dating at the time, her uh, friends for the first time. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's the it's the old regime, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that was part of the old regime back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, I'll I'll point out because uh, I have it here. Since I have it pulled up, I've got the box office snapshot from the the opening weekend here in the United States of September twenty fourth through the twenty sixth, two thousand four. Number ten, Hero. Number nine, Without a Paddle. Number eight in its opening weekend, Shaun of the Dead made three point three million dollars. Number seven, Wimbledon. Number six, Cellular. Number five, First Daughter. That also opened up this weekend. Number four, Resident Evil Apocalypse. That was in its third week. Number three, one of Will, this is one of your favorite, Mr. 3000 <laughs> was in its second week. <laughs> number two, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. And then number one that weekend, The Forgotten made uh, just over $21 million. Yeah, it's always interesting to see what it was kind of going up against, uh, especially for that time of year, though. You're kind of, you know, here in the U.S., that, 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 uh, that Halloween market kind of opens up in September, right? Smoke. Like that's where the, the horror movies start to get released. So uh, just at that time you had Shaun of the Dead. Well, Cellular was kind of a, not maybe a horror, but kind of a thriller, right? If I, if I'm not mistaken, of course, Resident Evil Apocalypse and the Forgotten. So you, you kind of had some, you know, competition as far as like 
that genre, right? This is similar. Right, right. I don't remember when the first Resident Evil movie comes out. I do know, though, basically whenever the first Resident Evil game came out, that was kind of the, I guess, reemergence of zombies, you know, as far as, you know, the, the game kind of brought about a, a renaissance of zombies in movies and everything else, too. So, Because even Romero was slated to direct, at one time, the Resident Evil movie. That fell through, and I forget exactly what the why. We'll we'll get to that at some point when we do Resident Evil on the show, I guess maybe. But I know Romero was slated to do that. But yeah, that whole resurgence is probably one of the things that led eventually to Shaun of the Dead. And I don't know if y'all ever seen Space, the TV series that Simon Pegg I, and yeah, Nick I Frost. Know, I've never sat down and watched it, but I know that the cast of this is very similar to that, right? Yeah, they're at, well, uh, I believe. Uh, well, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were in it. Also. Uh, the director, uh, Edgar Wright. Yeah, Edgar Wright was one of the creators of at least the first two seasons. I don't know how many seasons it ran, and I've seen those for at least those first two seasons. There was a direct episode in there. I believe it was called Art was the name of the episode, where they're playing a Resident Evil game in the show, and in amphetamines were involved <laughs> with <laughs> one of them, and they started like hallucinating that they were fighting zombies in that episode. So that was kind of the start of that. I think as far as the trigger for them thinking, oh well, we'll do a well. Maybe we'll do a zombie movie. And of course, being influenced by Romero's uh, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead and everything. And then Romero himself was given the movie to watch <laughs> yeah. later on, you know, before it came out, I believe it was. Now you're alluding, you're, you've alluded to it here, what you're talking about, but you were you smack dab when the Shaun of the Dead comes out, you're smack dab in the middle of a zombie, like full on zombie resurgence because just March of uh, ni- March 19th, 2004, same year, that's when the uh, the remake came out of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, yeah, God, I'm blanking on that. Was, What's his name? Yeah, this, who, who directed? I don't know. It? Jesus, help me. Or not. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. That, so yeah, that had that had. You're you're right in the middle of it now at this point. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember getting the the screening thing to see Dawn of the Dead remake in a GameStop, even I think it was. When you know the sneak preview of it or whatever, and that theater was full, and that was a good time. That, that was the whole theater was jammed up, and uh, they were giving away shirts and doing on you know throwing stuff out in the, the audience or whatever. And I don't know if y'all got to go to that the screening, that sneak preview thing or not. Right before I would say before Walking Dead, Walking Dead was sort of a direct result of that because I remember you yeah. know the Walking Dead comic came out, and I remember when the comic came out, loving the comic book and thinking, wow, this would make a great TV series. And I'm yeah. guessing down the road when all this stuff was still hot you know as far as zombie movies that got greenlit i guess as as well so and that was what 2007 i want to say uh well, or no or was... well the 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 comic came out in 2003 2003 when the comic yeah. but i mean the, the the series i can't remember exactly what year that first season started but... that was 2009 uh, let, me, or let me see if i can see real fast <laughs> i just typed in it brought up walker texas ranger like, damn it no walking yeah. dead <laughs> Uh, I want to say by the time that they were pushing out uh, episodes of the show, the show I want to say the show started. I want to say like the uh, the the comic book was about sixty issues in. Every bit of it, yeah, because the show came out. It started in uh, twenty ten. So yeah, so you're six years past. Yeah, you know, say this Dawn of the Dead remake, Shaun of the Dead. The comic started in oh three. So yeah, you're you're well past this resurgence. Mm -hmm. So this is the early resurgence here. And then it was kind of full yeah. steam for those first, what, five or six seasons of Walking Dead where everybody was watching it. Mm-hmm. But they, they rode that wave in from Resident Evil to, I don't know what came necessarily next, but it was Shaun of the Dead and, and all that was in there with the 
Dawn of the Dead remake, and then of course the Resident Evil movies. Then Romero had Land of the Dead coming, like all that stuff just kind of snow just snowballed there for a while. Well, and well, you, you left, yeah. You left one of the most influential uh, zombie movies ever out. Oh, what was that? Fuck, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably everyone else did too. That that's the point. <laughs> What's the one we just watched? Jesus Christ, video Pi- game one. Pirates. Oh, House. Yeah, the House, House of the, of the Dead. Dead. There you go. No, no, Pirates. <laughs> now he got lucky. He just managed to get that movie in there because of all this wave going on. <laughs> yeah. Any other time, oh, were like God, what the fuck? Get the shit out of here. <laughs> Jesus H Christ. Between you know, just that uh, that that time period was not only the zombie resurgence time period, the zombie you know verse stuff. But you also had like a bunch of uh, video game movies being made at the time too. You know, like that late nineties, early two thousands was where they were taking video game properties and making the shittiest movies ever. (laughs) And House of the Dead (laughs) fell right there. And like you said, that Resident Evil series was pretty popular at the time, and there was some other stuff there. But yeah, it was man, it's crazy when you think back on it too, because it's all kind of that tight time period. You know, there's like a five to 10 year period where there was a lot of zombie shit, you know, and the walking dead universe still keeps, you know, it literally is the walking dead at this point. It keeps creeping on. Although the show, you know, the main show finally just wrapped up what a month or two ago, but they're going to continue the universe, you know, like now you're just going to see a bunch of spinoffs and miniseries and, and stuff like that. So that, that is the, uh, the AMC cash cow that just won't die at this point, you know, <laughs> literally like a, a walking, the walking dead, literally. But and I'm um, sure Robert Curtin is like, okay, yeah, yeah. Give me more money. I'll come up with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to Paris? Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, Romero, Romero is the reason why all even, you know, there wouldn't be a Walking Dead. Of course, there wouldn't be a Shaun of the Dead. There wouldn't be any of this modern uh, or what you want to call it, postmodern, whatever, zombie movie genre without Romero kicking it off with the cannibalistic zombies and the whole mythos of zombies being, you know, shoot them in the head to kill them and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All credit goes to George A. Romero. And we actually did do a, a Spook Show Spotlight on George Romero. That was, uh, well, it was early last year. Um, so this was probably around episode 100. I don't have the list in front of me um, because it was right after we had done Night of the Living Dead. So it was probably episode 102 or something like that, that we we went in depth on the career of George Romero. And like I said, we've already talked about Night of the Living Dead. We just did Dawn of the Dead right after Halloween uh, back in November. So Lots of cool stuff for you to go back in the archives and listen to. We've took a deep dive on him. But, yeah, I, I do feel that it was uh, uh, necessary to, to kind of go into setting the table for Shaun of the Dead here because, at the least, we had just had that Dawn of the Dead Zack Snyder remake that I, I felt was pretty good and did very well. We had just had that in March of 2004, and now we get this, Shaun of the Dead, uh, you know, by September of 2004. So... It's full steam ahead, and and I think it probably helped Shaun of the Dead in the sense that that Zack Snyder remake did get made and put out when it did, because now those concepts of Dawn of the Dead and everything are fresh in everyone's mind when they sit down and watch Shaun of the Dead, right? Yeah, I think it yeah, it might have been the stepping stone they needed to get the funding for Shaun of the Dead, possibly, quite possibly. Well, I mean, as far as the timing of that, I mean, we can get into that here for a second, because this movie actually premiered March 29th, 2004 in London. And was released in the UK April 9th, 2004. So there might have been some back and forth there. Like, hey, you know, Zack Snyder's making this, you know, this yeah. Dawn of the Dead thing. So maybe they were trying to feed off of that. Because those both these movies would have come out almost the exact same time in the UK. 
it wasn't until September that it got released here, you know, in the United States. So, yeah, th- th- these these movies probably fed off of each other, you know, over there. Here, you know, it was there was that, you know, that delay. But, yeah, either way, I think one probably helped the other. And Shaun of the Dead probably uh, got more off of Dawn of the Dead than vice versa, I would imagine. But either way, I'm sure it helped. Um, but it, <laughs> I found two other titles for this movie. The working title, and this is awesome, um, the working title for this movie over in the UK was Tea Time of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been awesome. Um, And a Spanish title, now I don't know if this is like, maybe there's some weird translation or they were trying to sell it a different way. I don't know, but the Spanish title for the movie was Zombies Party, which is is odd for this movie, I'll say, by Studio Canal, uh, WT Squared Productions, and Big Talk Productions. And it was distributed here in the U.S. by Rogue Pictures. Of course, this movie is rated R. Total runtime of one hour and thirty nine minutes, and uh, I'd say that's a pretty quick one hour and thirty nine minutes. Like mm-hmm. oppo- opposed to the movie we watched last week, Pirates, where if it might still be playing somewhere, like I just walked away from it. You know, like God, this movie will <laughs> never end. I just walked away when I thought it was the end, and I don't know if it ended or not. I just walked away. This movie, it felt like it zips along. You know, like. It felt like less than an hour. I mean, it really zips. Yeah, you never you never get bored for sure. Like there there's something always going on in the movie, whether it's the comedy, the zombie action, or what. That is, and it's like perfect. It's like that. Uh, it's like Return of the Living Dead. And I'm not talking about the script or anything. I'm just talking about how perfect of a movie it is that melds comedy with horror because it doesn't like both both this and Return of the Living Dead doesn't shy away from the horror and the gore aspect. You know, they lean into it pretty heavy, and also both of those movies take the zombies seriously even if there's goofiness going on you yeah. know the zombie action the zombies themselves it's got a little bit of scares in it you know a little bit with you know mixed in with the humor so uh, i think that did a great job with that uh it did want win a, a number of awards it won a saturn award for best horror film in 2005 it won a bram stoker award for uh screenplay for simon Pegg and edgar wright it won a uh best screenplay for british independent film awards it won the best Best British Film at the Empire Awards. These are all 2005. Fangoria Chainsaw Awards in 2005. It won Best Wide Release Film, Best Actor, Simon Pegg, Best Supporting Actor, Nick Frost, Best Screenplay, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. And it was actually nominated for Best Makeup and Creature Effects, and it it didn't win that, surprisingly. But yeah, it's no surprise that it took home some of the big ones at the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards that year. Uh, It was directed by Edgar Wright, who, I mean, at this point... I mean, this is definitely one of the highlights of his career, for sure. But, I mean, the, the dude is also known for Baby Driver, Last Night in Soho, uh, The World's End. You know, remember, there was kind of like a trilogy. with the, I, I, I'm blanking on what they call the trilogy. Didn't they have some name for that? Will, Smoke, I don't know if either one of you guys remember. Because it was this one, this movie. Um, Cornetto Trilogy? That That sounds right. It was this movie, Hot Fuzz. And then the world's and end. The world's end. Yeah, yeah. Those were kind of the quote unquote trilogy of where it was basically kind of the same setup, even though they don't connect. Maybe they do in some weird way, right? Like there might be some connection there, but like basically it's the same kind of the same cast playing different parts in each movie, and they all have some different theme. Another one from uh, Edgar Wright, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. But yeah, I mean, the dude's had a, a hell of a career and still puts out good stuff. I mean, I saw Last Night in Soho. That was twenty twenty one. That was a great flick. Um, I remember enjoying that at the time, but thinking it was probably a tad too long, but you know, it was still 
the look of it and everything. That was a really cool movie, uh, Last Night in Soho. But yeah, he's had tons of tons of good stuff from uh, Edgar Wright. And it was written by him and Simon Pegg. And Simon Pegg also uh, stars in the movie, of course, as Sean, Sean of the Dead. Nick Frost is Ed. Uh, Liz is played by Kate Ashfield. Diane is played by Lucy Davis. David is uh, Dylan Moran. Um, those are probably the, the main ones to point out here. I mean, I, that, there was nobody that sticks out that I see here, you know, worth mentioning. Um, that's your main, uh, your main cast. Well, the dad, right. Uh, Philip that's played by, uh, Bill, uh, how do you say that? Ne- uh, Negi, Nagy? I, I always fuck that dude's name up. N I N I G H Y. So it's Nahi or Nagy. I'm, I'm not sure, but, um, He's been in a ton of stuff. Good character actor. He was in the, you know, remember he played Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh, ironically, uh, you know, since we just did Pirates last week, but he was in Love Actually, uh, Page 8, tons of movies. I mean, you were definitely a recognizable face for sure. But yeah, I mean, did you guys have anything else you wanted to point out before we dive in? All the references to to uh, Dawn of the Dead in the movie, you know, like uh, his mom being Barbara. Yeah. Uh, like... And him yelling, we're that, coming for you, Barbara. Yeah, I was about to say, they even kind of landed that line, right? <laughs> we're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Before we move on from there, like that, when they, whenever they gave the screener to Romero to watch, and the, I, I guess whoever was watching with him, what, they said that he didn't even notice that part. He didn't recognize that part as from Night of the Living Dead. In other words, it just kind of went by him as far as the, uh, you know, because he was in the phone saying, you know, uh, yeah, we're yeah. coming to get you, Barbara. Hang, you know, whatever. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, watching, apparently he didn't, like, catch that. Till later, <laughs> I can see, I, I can see that you know that maybe not everyone, but it is funny that Romero himself is the one that didn't catch it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, they even pull music from from Night of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, you even get that at the very very end of the credits. You get that clowny music. Remember in Dawn of the Dead when they're, I think it's when yeah. they're shopping or whatever, in the mall. Yeah, that's all the gonk. <laughs> it's yeah. a library music. One of Romero's library music picks that he you know chose out of uh, I forget what library music library it came from, but. They used it in Robot Chicken as well, right? Like, you know, with the bok, 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 you know. <laughs> How about the, the electronics store that he works at? It was Faree Electronics? Ken Faree <laughs> from Dawn of the Dead? Uh, good Lord, what else? I mean, there was tons of other references. I'm probably blanking on half of them right away. There was one I noticed in the phone book when they were looking for the uh, the restaurant, you know, and they through the phone book or whatever, and it was the, uh, what was it called? The place that does all the, the fish. <laughs> He's like, I want to get that place that does all the fish. And he's looking in the phone books and it's like called Fulci's. Yeah. You know, okay. as a reference to Lucio Fulci, but it's yeah. like Fulci's, the place that does all the fish. Yeah. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The management of this drive-in theater is happy to announce you can enjoy your favorite form of movie entertainment regardless of rain. No longer will it be necessary to let rain spoil your fun. Now you can keep your windshield clear and dry with a drizzle guard. Simply attach it to your windshield, and in a jiffy, you're enjoying the movie without constantly running your windshield wipers. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I, I hopped on over to Audible, and I just typed in Shaun of the Dead to see what would pop up. And believe it or not, we've got a handful of results here, but it's like not anything directly tied to Shaun of the Dead. I just thought it was funny. I guess it just pinged anything of the dead, right, that, that pops up. Um, you've got Gypsy Blood, all the Pretty Monster series, book one. That one is uh, just over eight hours long. Uh, Lightning, Fighting the Living Dead, Undead Rain, book three. So apparently there's two previous books of this series. 
Uh, that one's over four and a half hours long. And then we've got Flowers for the Dead by Barbara Copperwaith. And that one is just over 13 hours long. So there's a handful of others here that popped up. So if any of that stuff sounds interesting to you, and if you're listening to this, it probably does, let's face it, because it's of the dead, then you need to hop over to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So now I'm going to uh, hop on over to IMDb as as, as uh, our habit here lately. And I'll look at the uh, plot summaries because sometimes these do a better job of of, uh, you know, kind of wrapping things up a little better than we can. So we can just kind of get into talking about the movie themselves itself. And there's a handful on here. I'm not going to read all these cause I literally see like, I think six or seven on here. Uh, but we've got the one sentence, you know, more brief one, the uneventful aimless lives of a London electronic salesman and his layabout roommate are disrupted by the zombie apocalypse. I mean, really that one sentence pretty much encapsulates what the movie's about. Right. But, uh, we do have a couple longer ones here. We've got, uh, let's see, this one was submitted by Nick Reganis over on IMDb. Stuck in a state of perpetual uneventfulness, Sean knows he is treading water. And as he whiles away the time playing video games and downing pints at the neighborhood's pub with best friend and roommate Ed, Sean is letting his girlfriend Liz slip away. As if that weren't enough, there's something strange going on in North London. An unexplained plague threatens to take over Britain from end to end. For the first time in a long while, Sean will have to rise to the occasion and do the impossible. Risk life and limb to rescue Liz and his mother, navigate through the town's zombie-infested roads, and then hole up in the Winchester, the safest place he knows, until it's all over. How hard could that be? And let's see, one more. This one was submitted by Matt Plennert. Sean, Simon Pegg, is having many problems in his life. His longtime girlfriend Liz, Kate Ashfield, has dumped him due to their almost daily expedition to Sean's favorite pub, the Winchester. His temporary management job isn't going well at Free Electronics, with his subordinates not even giving him the time of day. His deadbeat flatmates, Pete and Ed, are at each other's throats. And, oh yeah, London is overrun with multitudes of zombies. In the midst of this, he must save himself, Ed, his ex, his mom Barbara, and his precious record collection. <laughs> there is a time when a hero must rise from his couch. I don't know if he goes out of his way to save his record collection, really. <laughs> There's a, a, brie- a brief moment. <laughs> well, certain there things out of Yeah, yeah, certain cuts, I guess. But <laughs> um, Like, what was the Batman soundtrack? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. That's funny. Like, he picks up one record and tosses it, and then he's just like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't just throw anything. Let's see what we... And, like, as the zombies are slowly approaching them, they're like, no, throw this. No, 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 not that. This. Okay, all right. <laughs> Pretty good, uh, pretty good scene. But yeah, so uh, I guess I guess you know I guess a good enough place to start is right at the uh, the opening credits. These are some great opening credits, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> we often have to say that right away that the credits were awesome. But in this case, they, <laughs> in this case, they actually were pretty good credits. <laughs> and, and I love there's a credit sequence you've seen you don't like yet though, isn't it? Well, oh. true, true. Especially the end credits on some movies. So there's that. Um, I, I do like though, from the opening credits, the opening scenes all the way up, you know, till you, you find it finally becomes like a zombie apocalypse scenario, right? There's all these zombie teases of things going on that it's like, you can see it, like we're paying attention to it in the background, but you know, Sean in the movie is completely oblivious to it. You know, tons of this stuff for like the last, what the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's just like the human showing you like these the mundane everyday stuff that you don't recognize, you know, you don't not even pay attention to what's going on around you type thing in the world or whatever you just, you know, and there's a zombie apocalypse, all these, uh, 
zombies at various stages or whatever, and you you don't even notice them, right? Yeah. And plus that scene was awesome because it was like one take. It's like just from this to this to this to this, and it's all in one one shot, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, when he's going from like his house or his flat to like the the corner market to get like a snack and come back, all these signs are like staring him in the face, and he is completely oblivious to it. <laughs> even the little cooler that he opens up to get the the can of Coke or whatever he's getting out. It's got huge bloody handprints on it, and he's still, he's not even paying attention to it. Yeah, something tells me that uh, in that scene in particular, this, this movie probably didn't go over, or at least that scene didn't go over very well in, in India, because the radio uh, is blaring uh, like an Indian reporter talking. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much telling you what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but just, yeah, yeah, with, with th- this movie did, did this really well, as far as throughout the entire movie, showing showing or saying one thing and having it mean something this one way and then saying or doing it you know five ten thirty minutes later doing the exact same thing and giving it a completely different context yeah yeah but still there, there's all there's good payoffs on everything too as far as like you know what they do set up they pay off you know there's no there's not many loopholes or you know things hanging out there that they forgot about kind of thing if something happens like you said it's paid off. You know, there's a reason for everything. And even just the the mundane things that you see at the beginning, like of this guy just living his life, you still see them. It's like, you see them, remember that you see this, remember that, you know, and then 15, mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes later, here it is again. You know, they do a really good job of, of writing in that sense in this movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> when, when the girl when finally, like, I think this is basically when they realize that there's a problem, right? Um, there's just this random woman standing in their backyard. You know, they call it the garden. She's just standing there and then she does the slow turn. You can see she's all messed up, but it's like, it still doesn't register to them. Like they're just like, Oh man, she's, oh, God, drunk. she's drunk. Yeah. She's drunk. <laughs> you know? And then, <laughs> and then it attacks Sean. And then meanwhile, Ed just grabs the camera and takes a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. He's like, what did he say? The cheese or something like that. They turn around, <laughs> they both turn toward him and he just snaps a picture. Like, meanwhile, this is a horrible situation that's going on here i don't think they realize it quite yet and that's when they throw the records or whatever right when like another zombie shows up that's that's the moment though they realize oh shit you know like all hell's about to break loose yeah also again like uh everybody in the movie was reused yeah like, like that girl was the girl in the uh uh grocery store you know checking people out yeah anybody you saw walking around like i said in just his mundane daily life People that live near him, people walking down the street, people in the market, in the pub, everything that he's doing, they like you said, they all come back and pretty much all come back in zombie form, right? Like, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's something that kind of you know, like like you don't think about, you know, like all these like say zombie like TV shows, right? Like with The Walking Dead, like everybody is uh, so transient that you know, they're not going to see anybody they know unless somebody just turned, mm-hmm. you know, this is picking up like at the, at the like brink of the, uh, the zombie apocalypse hitting, dude, you're going to be killing a bunch of people you either know or know the face of. Yeah. That's something that, you know, sometimes they dwell on it. Sometimes they don't in like zombie movies and, and these TV series and stuff like that. But yeah, that, that, that would be the hard aspect of like, you know, if this were a real thing, like, yeah, you'd be, you'd be taking out friends, loved ones, you know, like to survive. That'd be the only way to survive it, you know? And even in this movie where it's mostly a comedy, there, there's still a few grim moments in there where they have to do that. 
Yeah. Like later on when Sean has to uh, kill his mom or you know, not kill his mom, but like his mom dies and then he has to put her down. Things like that. That's that grim reality of, oh, fuck, you know, like <laughs> have you, these are things that you would have to face in this horrible, God awful scenario. Yeah. And I think that's another piece of, of what makes this movie so good is, is the fact that it is meant to be funny, but it's still got moments of like levity and, and weight, you know, spread throughout the entire movie. There still is horror to be found here. Right. And speaking of that girl too, like uh, you can go outside. Well, you mentioned it in the audible thing where, you know, there's other tales to be told right from the movie. Speaking of Mary, I believe was her name. The one that was a checkout girl and the girl that ended up in their garden <laughs> that we were talking about a while ago. There was an issue actually of uh, the comic, the British comic book, 2000 AD issue number. It was 1,384. It's a hell of a lot of issues. Yeah. That, that comic's been around forever. Judge Dredd came from that series too, but that's another story. But, uh, but yeah, in that issue, there was a backstory of Mary that becomes how she becomes a zombie before she gets to the garden and <laughs> whatever. It's a little short story in that issue. Yeah. And then that uh, story was called, there's something about Mary. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> now, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, smoke, but the, the lady that, 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 uh, that Sean knows that ends up having like the other group that they bypass later on. And, you know, like there's a repeat of, of every character. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the girl from space, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the character's name, but yeah, yeah, her, her the character's name in, in Shaun of the Dead. I'm not sure about space, but her name was Yvonne. Remember, Yvonne yeah. had Yvonne had the group where everyone matched uh, Shaun's group, <laughs> and that was just a hilarious another another like well written hilarious just scene of like because whoever thought of that like here's the other group and they're the, it's exactly the same basically. <laughs> And speaking of, I can't remember. Did y'all see? Did y'all say that you had seen Space, or no, you knew of it but hadn't seen the the episode yet? I've seen an episode or two. Yeah, that, and I don't know if it's still out there. When I watched it, it was on a. I mean, I know I'm taking a, going off on a little tangent or whatever, but I mean, when I saw it, it was on a one of the streaming services, maybe Netflix. The whole thing was up there, and it was. If it's still there, it is definitely. This is just a recommendation for y'all. If y'all haven't seen it for anybody else listening to this. Space is a especially those first two seasons is great. If you like Shaun of the Dead, then check that out as well. Uh, what about that scene when um, Philip dies? That was pretty good because there was a lot of false deaths with with old Philip, right? The, uh, his uh, stepdad, because that was kind of a running thing too. Like this guy's a stepdad; they don't get along, so they keep saying like, "Oh, he, you know, Dad." Well, he's not my dad. You know, he's my stepdad or whatever. And then finally, <laughs> once again, that's that's introducing that that oh man, that that gut wrenching kind of thing where like. They actually have like a moment right before he dies because, you know, Philip gets bit and then he's like, uh, you know, I was always hard on you because, you know, I saw more in you or whatever. And then he dies. <laughs> and then Sean's like, Mom, Philip's gone. What do you know? He's, he's right there. No, he, he's dead. No, he's not. He turns around and then, you know, no, he's, he's still right there. And then, blah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and how about the brother? Is or was it the who was it that was in the it yeah before the zombie outbreak or whatever? No, their roommate. Yeah, uh, the roommate. Oh, yeah, what was yeah. it Pete? I yeah. think the roommate guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's Is open. He- they had they had uh, they all kind of had a rocky uh, uh, relationship there, you know. Like, but they I guess they're all roommates or whatever. And then like he he's not feeling good because he got bit or whatever, right? And he just goes upstairs, and then the entire time they're milling about, you know, Sean and Ed, they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. 
he's up there <laughs> he's up there dead in the shower <laughs> <laughs> i like they, they had that exchange it is also near the beginning when they're playing the record they're playing uh uh like well first of all he comes down and says oh you're playing you're a hip-hop so loud he goes it's not hip-hop it's electro <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a lot of great little lines in there for you know music related there's a lot of music related lines in this movie too i mean or music related in jokes and things like that yeah. one or like the records you know throwing the records like you said and like no you can't throw that one on either you know okay yeah, yeah get rid of that one. yeah <laughs> but, and there's some good music polls in there too right they got queen you know don't don't stop me now god white lines when they're singing yeah. white lines when they're yeah. coming back and that whole zombie scene and they get the zombies like moaning like to the you know when every time they stop I like that they're still ignoring it, you know, even like, uh, you know, this, this zombie walking down the road, talking to him and they're like, yeah, whatever. He didn't, he didn't say the right line or something like that. And then they just walk on home, you know, <laughs> how about that one part where he's like, uh, he, you know, uh, uh, Liz breaks up with Sean and he wants to get her back. And then, uh, he's going to like, I got to go over there and get her. He's like, why, why are you going to do this? He's like, because I love her. And he's going, all right, gay. <laughs> <laughs> that that right there is totally how you know most dudes like talk to one another like that you know like as far as if you yeah. get all if you got all mushy or whatever right if you if you start talking about love that's that's the way a lot of guys are going to react <laughs> that even comes back at the end too right when ed you know skipping ahead when ed gets bit and uh he's leaving him or something and i think he tells him he loves him or something and then he says it he says it ed says it again like on his way out he's like, all right gay you know what? <laughs> <laughs> or like the little well, in the, in the Winchester earlier, and you know, where he's like, "What do you want? Give me a beer? Yeah, thanks, babe, or whatever." You know, yeah. when they're just there, a little in jokes with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you could tell, you could definitely tell that they were friends, or they had worked well together well before this. I mean, chemistry-wise, of yeah. them not just acting, but you know, you could tell they were definitely friends before this. Yeah. No oh, yeah. No, I'd read something where they were roommates, and that's kind of what made you know the the banter between them so natural was just. The fact of, you know, this is what they did, you know, on like a normal basis. I remember, yeah. I remember going back even when like when this movie came out and then of course Hot Fuzz and it became a thing where like these two guys were in movies together, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I remember even thinking at the time, like, you know, like this could really be like one of your next big comedy duo kind of things, you know, where you could see them making a lot of movies and, and stuff like that together. And then like, I guess kind of after they made World's End, it just kind of. I'm not saying they haven't done anything together. I'm sure they have, but like they made those three movies and that was pretty much it as far as like, you know, a lot of stuff together. Now, you know, of course they've gone on to do big things separately, you know, but you would think they would, would have wanted to do more, capitalize more on that duo thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you definitely wanted to see more of it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, I'd, I'd plop down some, some bucks now to see a new movie with, you know, all these guys working together. I mean, cause it, they, all their stuff is good. I guess that's what happens when you got uh JJ Abrams and you know Mission Impossible and all these other movies calling for Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah, I mean he definitely uh, of the two, he went on to have the bigger career for sure. Yeah. Nick Frost has done plenty of good stuff, no question, but Simon Pegg is like, you know, I'm not going to say he's an A-list guy, but like he's had quite a run, you know, in the days since these movies came out for sure. But yeah, regardless, I mean like <laughs> this it's just so well done from top to bottom. It really is like it truly is the right mix, like you said earlier, Will, of, of comedy, horror, action. You know, you got elements of adventure because, you know, they're trying to get from one place to another like that. I mean, like, 
sci- like smoke, like you said, science fiction. It really is kind of a genre bending kind of movie, right? Yep. And everything, all those elements woven together excellently in the script and in the care and the execution of the acting and everything of it too. is just perfect. Spot on. What did you, uh, you know, we alluded to a little bit ago when Yvonne reappears now, now she comes in with the, with the military, uh, here at the end. Well, actually right before that, I put in my notes. I forgot we should point this one out because it, it will come up with the gore score and everything. When we're talking about kill count and gore scores, David, when he just gets straight up ripped apart and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean ripped apart, like the zombies grab a hold of him and they start like, you know, eating his entrails or whatever. But then like they, they pull his head off his arms. <laughs> They're trying to pull him back in. They pull his legs off. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, Diane. Yeah. His girlfriend. Yeah. She just takes his leg and like, and runs out like David, you know, <laughs> like what's she going to do? Like, zombies with his leg. Yeah. Like, but she literally saw him pulled like in five different ways, but she, for some reason she still takes his leg and like runs into the zombie horde. Like David, you know, like, <laughs> what are you going to do lady? <laughs> but yeah, I, I figured that that scene right there was probably one of the more gory ones. And there's a few, there's obviously more than, you know, that there's some really gory scenes here, but that's probably the goriest one wouldn't you say yeah yeah overall yeah and once again lends to everything coming together just perfectly for this because like um even though it is horror and it's a zombie movie you don't get a lot of gore most of it that you get is towards the end but when you get it you get it you know they, they do a good job of it but it just it blends so well with everything else that even that you're able to even this horrible thing of this guy getting if he basically eviscerated right <laughs> and pulled apart you're still able to laugh at it you know, yeah. <laughs> that should tell you how well they do this, you know, but, uh, getting back to the, to the end there, right after that, when Yvonne shows back up now she's got the military in tow. So that's how, basically how it ends. Um, because well, pretty much everyone had died at that point. David's dead. Diane's dead. His mom has died. Uh, the only ones left are Sean and Liz and even Ed got bit and he kind of helped them, you know, he held off the zombies a little bit for them to get out of there. Um, so that's how it ends. But the very end is, Basically, you know, like, uh, isn't there like some news reports on the TV? Like, oh, I like that one too, where they're flipping through the news and like, they're about to give yeah. you a reason of why this happened. And then he clicks the channel real fast. So you don't get the exact <laughs> yeah. reason why this happened. You know what? You know what? Never mind. That was also a reference to Romero's Dying of the Living Dead, because in that Romero doesn't give any concrete reason, but there's that news report that's like, Oh yeah, the space probe came back from Venus and blah blah. blah. And so you know, it kind of throws. It doesn't definitely say that's what it is. Yeah, but it kind of alludes. I was going to say, even in this one, they actually threw in that, that same report. You know, yeah. of uh, something coming in from space. So Wasn't it on the radio? At some somewhere on the radio at the beginning. Uh, it was either that or as he was flipping through the the stations uh, earlier in the movie, and and that, there again, like gave away what was was going on. By flipping through the channels and actually listening to what they're saying. That's right. That's one thing about like, especially Romero zombie stuff and, and, and this and other, even in the walking dead to an extent, especially in the comics, they never give you a reason as to why this is happening. They never come right out and say this zombie apocalypse thing just happened because blank, right? Like sometimes you get some loose reasons or you can kind of put two and two together or whatever, but they never really come right out and say it, you know? So that, that they added that, Adding that element into it, I thought was pretty, it was done comedically, but I think it, it held true to Romero and other things that had come before it. But and it, I, I don't know why, but for me, I think that adds to it too. Like, I think 
Yeah. Sometimes when you get like a wrapped up like verse, and I'm like, okay, this is it. And maybe, I mean, even though in The Walking Dead, they think, you know, you can find a cure for it or, or whatever they're attempting to. But I mean, if you have a concrete thing, like it's this alien virus thing, well, maybe you got, maybe you could do something that would reverse it or get rid of it. I like the fact that there's no reversal for it. In, you know, in Romero's universe, this, that this is it. I mean, the zombies learn you know, as you get to the land of the dead, they, they learn, learn the behavior and they become smarter, quote unquote, you know. But uh, but there's no cure necessarily for it. You know, just it has to kind of peter out on its own. So there's going to be a point. There's going to be a point where there's more dead bodies than there are living people, and then also then those start rotting. Right? I mean, <laughs> yep. at some point they're not going to be able to walk or be mobile anymore, and then that's kind of like what the survivors are waiting for. They they yeah. I mean, like that definitely adds an element too. Like if you don't know what the hell is going on, then in any of this type of stuff, then it also lends you to like, want to kind of lean in a little bit more, maybe try to mm. pick up, you know, you, you lean into the movie a little bit more in a sense of like, you're trying to pick up clues. I was like, well, they're not coming right out and saying it, but why would this happen? You know, but in this one, they, they do the same thing, but then they also point out that like, it was brief. Like, didn't it only happen for like one day or something like that? And then pretty <laughs> yeah. much everything went back to normal. <laughs> they would Except that, much- uh, Simon, not Simon Pegg, but Nick Frost's character is a zombie in the uh, in his in his shed out back. Yeah, that, yeah. So like that's how it ends. Is uh, uh, Sean and Liz, or I guess they're married, or they're living together, whatever the scenario is, and everything kind of went back to normal, like right after that. Uh, but meanwhile, they just decided to keep Ed in the shed. So Sean is still hanging out with him all the time. You know, that's the joke. But um, they even show some snippets when they're flipping through the TV of like now zombies are like it's like a clown show with the zombies, right? Like they had like a game show where they have zombies involved. Like they get them to do, I guess they, in this world, they get them to do things for them and all that. So it, I thought, yeah, you know, interesting twist. This, uh, it kind of reminded me when we were just talking about this part, it reminded me of another zombie movie that I haven't seen in a while. It sort of plays off on this kind of where this one ends with the zombies sort of being normalized into society, so to speak, or they found a use for them. Uh, you ever seen the movie Fido? No, I never have, but I've seen that, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I've seen a trailer or something, so I know what the premise is. Yeah, I might need to pull that out at some point, maybe for my choice, something that I didn't. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it until we were just talking about this. And it doesn't have anything to do with Shaun of the Dead. In fact, it's set in sort of this '50s type era, but uh, but just but in a point in time where zombies have become sort of normalized into society somewhat. They basically use them as as servants to clean their houses and do all this stuff. So yeah. it's like a social commentary type thing going along with it too. But uh, it is in a time, a point in time where it's kind of like where Shaun of the Dead ends. That's where zombies have been incorporated in society. It, it is an interesting thing to point out, you know, before we start wrapping it up, like that aspect of zombies and stuff, like if something like this actually did happen and then you could safely figure out some way to make them useful, you know, we would, you know? Like, mm. Oh yeah. You know, you know, we as a society, we definitely would. Humans want to be normalized. They want, they want to normalize whatever, whatever, like we, if we can get back to this point A that we are at, yeah, you know, we, so yeah, if you can do that without the rest of the population, you know, population getting eaten, yeah, <laughs> and they can find, control it, they will. <laughs> Absolutely, but but you know, we're we're about to uh, give our star ratings out and leave this one in the dust, so we'll, we'll see what uh, Donnie has to say about it uh, whenever he finally gets back on the show. Ho- hopefully next week because we got another big one coming next week that I know he d- he wouldn't want to miss. Uh, so we'll get his uh, uh, connections from the crypt next time around but since we don't have that we'll go ahead and go straight to you will and 
this should be an interesting number that you can come up with for this one. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, like I, I actually went to uh, Wikipedia for this one just uh, out of curiosity of what their total kill count was going to be because you can go by what was on the the, the show, but also you know th- this this could be as much as you know a good portion of the world population, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on here we got a total of 85, 53 being human and 31 being zombies. I mean, you know, a good portion of these are all just, uh, you know, how you kill a zombie is, you know, shooting or bashing in their head. I'd say probably one of the better uh, deaths is David getting pulled through the window and ripped apart, you know, like we had talked earlier. I'd say for a movie like this where there's a lot of violence, you know, a lot of crazy shit going on, 85 is a solid a number as any. So you you could see it being uh, way higher than that. You know, I, I definitely could, but I think 85 is a solid number, so I think it's fair enough to go with that. So that leads us naturally into... Gore score. Yeah, this one is, uh, we've been, as we've been talking about all the way through it, 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 does, it doesn't uh, hold back on the gore. leans into it pretty heavy, and as, as it should for a zombie movie, because when I first heard about this movie, it already had buzz behind it. I didn't know how good it was going to be or how much I was going to like it. But it already had a buzz, a certain buzz. And my concern with it at first, before, you know, when I first heard about it coming out, it's like, oh, he's probably, maybe it's going to be good and humorous, you know, and all that stuff. But they're probably not going to be that gory, you know. It's probably going to skimp on that just because a lot of the movies up to this point, you know, Dawn of the Dead, the remake had come out. And it had as much gore as I guess they could get into an R-rated movie, right? Maybe not quite as gory as R-rated movies could get pushed now, but definitely gorier than they were in, say, the 90s, let's say. Yeah. So, yeah, it had some in there. But, uh, but Dawn of the Dead... I mean, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Even I think it even had more than the Dawn of the Dead remake did. At least the Dawn of the Dead remake in the R-rated cut that it was. You know, I think I'll, I think I'm gonna have to go with an eight. It's spread out through the whole movie. I think, but there's that one scene we we're talking about where in the in the Winchester, right, where it gets ripped apart and everything. The goriest scene in the movie or whatever. But uh, but all through the movie, it, it had a decent amount of zombie gore and zombie flesh eating and all that stuff. So uh, eight, it is. I think it's fair enough. So let's let's get to the nitty gritty as far as like what our final star thoughts and star rating is on this one. So we'll I'll let you go first since you brought it to the table. This is uh this is one of my favorite movies. Don't think I can give it a five, but I can give it a four and three quarters. High high praise. I I, mean, I don't think I, you know, I, I'm not going to go that high myself, but I'm not going to argue it too much. But smoke, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's all the elements come together as we've already said, comedy. Or specifically zombies, a little bit of the sci-fi element, a little bit of action. Oh, and also we didn't mention this. That this was, I think, the first movie touted as a rom-zom-com, wasn't it? The romantic zombie <laughs> comedy. <laughs> I can see that. That's what they referred to it as, sort of jokingly, I believe, when they were, you know, putting it out there. The first rom-zom-com. But uh, it has that too. It has romantic comedy elements in it. So yeah. I mean, it's it's got a little bit of everything, and it never overstays its welcome it doesn't feel like it's like you're just waiting for something to happen because the pacing and everything the editing the storyline everything moves along as we said really fast and you don't feel like it's even been an hour and a half when the movie ends you want more actually <laughs> the gore as i said is it's pretty high in the gore quotient uh the kill you know kill factor there's lots of them zombies and humans uh it's everything you pretty much want in any of those genres so uh i'm gonna give it a solid four yeah, and, and actually, Smoke, I'm going to echo you. I'm going to go with a four. I think for this this type of movie, this is about as well as it can be done. I can't quite go as high as Will, but I completely see the point. I, I see what you're going with there. 
and I'm not going to completely disagree with it. I just think on my scale, I'm going to bring it down just a tad to a four, but still either way, man, this is a, a hell of a time. Like you said, it never overstays. It's welcome. It's fast paced, you know, pr- it pretty much delivers in almost every way you want it to deliver for a horror comedy about zombies, right? Like not that you're going to have a high bar for that, but this sets the bar. If there's any of these type of movies that are made, you know, in the years since, they're probably not going to be as good as this one. Good luck. Right. <laughs> Plus you too, you have the perfect team of people probably working on this with Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and, you know, just, uh, a, a, a core of people that had worked a lot together leading up to this. So it just, you know, it just spews out perfectly. And it's clearly a group of people that appreciate and love the genre, you know, cause they, yeah, leave, that, they leave that yeah. all out on the table. So for that, man, it's, it's just a great movie. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what, like we always say, what, you know, since Donnie wasn't here, what he has to say about it, but I doubt he's going to be too far off. I'd be surprised if yeah. it was much further off than what we have to say about it. Currently, we'll leave it with a, a, a star rating of four and a quarter. That's the consensus rating so far. Donnie's might actually bump it up a little. We'll see. You never know. It might, might bring it down, but I doubt it. So uh, high praise. We, we can't say enough. Go check it out. And I think overall, the critics and audience agrees. Over on IMDb, it got 7.9 out of 10 stars, which is really, you know, pretty high when you go about that consensus uh, aggregate there. On Meta Metacritic, the meta score of 76, you know, you're still in the top 25% of film there, you know, because their scale is 0 to 100. Rotten Tomato, certified fresh, 92%, and the audience score was 93%. So I think audience and, audiences and critics and us all agree. If you haven't seen this movie, what the hell? Why'd you listen to this and get all the <laughs> get all the way to the end of this without <laughs> watching it, man? We we highly encourage you to go check it out. Awesome movie, awesome poll, Will. Um, good choice to start off 2023 with. But we're gonna keep the good times rolling because next week is our latest cult corner, and uh, we we all chose a movie, throw them into the into the old uh, bin there, and spun the wheel, and we came up with Goodfellas from 1990. The uh, Martin Scorsese classic with Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci. Dude, what the hell? Like, I mean, like it, this is one of those where it's like, this is fringe cult, right? In a sense, like you're right. You know, like this isn't necessarily a cult movie, I don't think, but it has cult elements to it. And it's definitely one of those movies that just remains popular to this day. So our loose, I think our somewhat loose interpretation of cult is coming into play here that I'm coming to the conclusion that like for us, cult can, doesn't always necessarily need to be like something you've never heard of that only like a hundred people like, right? I think to me, our definition of cult is kind of like, well, if it was a movie that we all really loved and was massively popular, you know, maybe not to everybody, but to certain core groups and that even certain genres of movie you can look at and say this one, this one right here was how you do it. Goodfellas falls into that. In my opinion, this right here, this is how you do it. When you're, when you're talking about mob movies, you know, just, uh, crime drama type, these type of mafia movies, this is right. Don, I mean, uh, uh, smoke. What do you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, you can put it up there with, you know, the, the granddaddy is of course the Godfather. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, of course, The Godfather's maybe a little bit more leans into, well, they're both serious movies, but you get a little bit more humor <laughs> with Goodfellas yeah. in Joe Pesci and all that stuff with the characterization. But seriousness of the mob aspect that's going on, yeah, it's up there with the best of them. 
yeah. such as Godfather. And we'll have plenty of time next week to go into our love of it, but I don't think it's a secret to say that we're probably, this is a, this is high up on all of our scales. So it's going to be cool to, to get a chance to sit down and watch it again, spew our mm-hmm. love for it, give our ratings and all the things that we normally do. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good one. Once we get beyond that though, we're actually finally going to return back to the Hellraiser series. It's been a while. We watched Hellraiser three. Good Lord. It, it was back in like April or May of last year. So we're, <laughs> We're, we're creeping up on damn near a year since we've touched on the series for various reasons. So we're heading back to it with Hellraiser 4, Bloodline. That'll be on episode 143 uh, on January 16th. And then on January 23rd, episode 144, we're going to do our 2022 year in review show. Where we, we're not talking about what we did here on the Spook Show over the last year. We're going to be talking about the year that was horror in the year 2022. Kind of giving our... Here's our, here's the ones that we saw. Here's what we liked. Here's what we didn't, you know, just our kind of year in review. So look for that, uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So lots of cool stuff here in the month of January and who knows what we're going to be doing beyond that. We're, and we're creeping ever closer, believe it or not, the old episode 150. That's another big, uh, milestone episode. That'll be coming up, uh, at the beginning of March. So we're getting closer and closer. So I'm sure by the end of January, we'll have some solid plans as uh, far as like what we're going to have planned for that one. It's another big one. So like I said at the beginning, 2023 is going to be a big year for the spook show with our fifth anniversary episode 150, big milestones, lots of cool stuff that we've got in the, in the, in the planning stages. So we'll, we'll fill you in as the weeks and months go by. So we encourage you to go over to aaspookshow.com. That's the center of the universe. Hopefully uh, Donnie's uh, situation is better next week. He's able to be back. Um, So for, Will and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week for our latest Colt Corner, Goodfellas. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>